Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I review 2023 and some of our best ofs, and we discuss this week's message in our series entitled Glory. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching, the second full week in Advent uh, with Pastor John. Hello, everybody. Hello, Pastor John. Uh, glad that you're here with us. Thank you. It's good to be a cooler weather again. What, didn't we're, wasn't I was it cool cooler last, last week. Yeah. Last week? Yeah. 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 We're getting into uh, Florida winter, which means it's going to be a high of 72 today. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> which is that's not an exa- that is not an exaggeration. But it started out, in fairness, it started out in the in 40s. The, in the f- yeah. 49. For, 49. That's in the 40s. Our, our northern friends are in shorts oh. and, and t-shirts, and we're like bundled up. I have I have a sweater on right now, and I have multiple layers you on. You have <laughs> multiple t-shirts on under your your suit jacket. Um, <laughs> uh, we're we're here. It, you know, it's one of the things that Advent does. So Advent, we talked about this several weeks ago, is the kickoff to the Christian year. So it's we're actually at the beginning of the Christian year, um, but in in calendar terms. We are closing out, closing out a year, and so uh, one of the things I, I, I talked about uh, last week that we would do is to uh, talk through um, some of our best of this year. Um, we're going to look at basically three categories. You're going to take one. I'm going to take one, and and then I'm going to comment on one other category because uh, neither one of us is really well first in the third category. But So normally when you get best of uh, lists, New York Times puts out best of lists, Rolling Stone puts best of lists out, all, all your, you know, USA Today puts best of lists. They, they typically are three categories, maybe four categories. You've got music, you got books, you got movies, and sometimes television shows, I think is the, the fourth. We're not going to talk about Television. I, I saw television this year. I, I don't know that any of it was like fantastic. So yeah, um, there, I'm, I'm sure there was probably ball the, games. Ball games counts. Does that, does that count as television? Does Fo- that count? Games? No, yeah. no, that we can talk yeah. about. Yeah, we can talk. About we that. can make this an, a college football <laughs> podcast if we wanted to. There's plenty to talk about in that regard. Uh, but uh, especially on this side of the yes, uh, on this yes. side of the my side, there's a lot to talk about it as well. But it's not good. No, no, <laughs> it's no. not fun. They're they're in solidarity with Florida State <laughs> right now, which is which is never ne- unheard of. But, but, so we're going to talk about three of those. We're going to talk about books. We're going to talk about um, uh, movies, and we'll talk about music. And, and you're really going to be the the books expert today because oh. do you know how many books you read this year? You you read you read a lot. I probably I probably read three or four a month. Wow. See, I I maybe, three or four a month. I maybe read four a year. Yeah, like 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 I go back and I reread a lot of books. I, I reread a ton, um, just because it doesn't always stick the first time. So um, I go back and reread things, um, but I, I don't I don't read a lot of. And even the books that I do read, uh, most of the books that I've read this year are from previous years. Okay, like they're, well, they're twenty. Also, to be fair to, to your situation, when you when you go through a doctoral program, just like going through the master's oh program, there's an intensive amount of reading, oh, and so much. my brain needed a bit a bit of a palate cleanser from yeah. all that reading. So it was it took a while to get back in the pattern of regular, 
you know, discipline, you know, yeah. studious type reading or even pleasure reading. It took a while to get back to that. Yeah, it was funny. After my after seminary, uh, I, 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 I had not read any fiction in four years when I was in seminary. Zero. Mm-hmm. Zero fiction. It was all theology books. And so uh, that summer after I graduated, I read the entire Harry Potter series and all the Hunger Games. I just wanted like, I wanted children's, have it in my, in my, children's in my literature. My, yeah. and, and I read all, I read those nine books in three months because I was just like so desperate. Now my doctorate, I read way more than I did in yeah, seminary. Yeah, nine books in, in nine weeks. Every yeah. every class was nine or ten yeah. books. So, um, and Just so you know, the, the reading list, the professors in seminaries, probably like in other places, but they think they're the only ones who offer a syllabus with courses, <laughs> with, with books to read. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's almost an unreadable list. And it's unreadable. It is unreadable. In with, terms of getting through it. Yeah, and, and actually like retaining any significant... Yeah. That's why I've, I've... You know, I have behind me, I have a lot of uh, theology books that I read, I'm using air quotes, in seminary, and I reread them now. For pleasure. Well, pleasure, but also like, I know that this, I know that we're going to cover this topic in this sermon or in this Bible study, and I know John Frame says something about this. So, and I know a I kind of set back there. Yeah, I can probably pinpoint about where it is in the book so I can reread that section. And I mean, each one of those books is like not not exaggerating, eight to 900 pages each. So, yeah, that's a challenge. (laughs) So, anyway, books this year, you, you read several good books this year. What, yeah. what are the ones that you would really, if you're telling people, hey, these are the ones that you're, you were your top books this year? I think the most impactful one is also the mo- was one of the most difficult ones. Um, and I, just so you know, I have I have a pattern. I, I'll, I'll read it. Um, sometimes I get, get a book, so I'll read a, a print copy of it. And oftentimes what happens is I'll hear about a title, I'll download it as an as an audible book, so I'll listen no, yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if I like where it's going as I get into the Audible book, then I'll order the book book. And so I then oh, alternate okay. between I alternate between books and listening and, and, and reading. But The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self by Carl Truman. Which uh, I read. Uh, which you did for seminary I work. I did, yeah. or for my, my doctoral, doctoral work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, was really quite something. The subtitle is Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. And what I love about the book is that it gives us the... It reminded me of uh, he gives us the backstory, and it reminded me of the um, my church history professor in in seminary said if you ask any church historian to explain any one event, they'll need to get a thousand year running start to tell you about it. But this was this was the thousand year running start to because I've been looking for the thing that said how did we get to this place where our identity this was your this was your dissertation yeah, right. or um, your, your project. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we get to the place where, where, where these other statements about who I say that I am becoming the core part of who I am, how did we get here? And this, yeah. he did a really good job of unpacking that. Um, that, that. And so it was, it was a dense book. Yeah. It was hard and, and uh, very dense uh, and challenging and challenging book, but it was a, it was a great read. So that was a, that was definitely one of the, uh, of, of the good ones. And um, there's one, just as you're talking about uh, the, Truman book. Um, there's a related book by I think his first name, and, and I'll look it up. Uh, Kyle, I think it's Kyle Snodgrass. That's very much uh, related to that mm-hmm. as well, which is also 
uh, very, very good as well. Well, you have to read something with a name like Snodgrass. His just, last, just, his last just to name. Read that, yeah. His last name is Snodgrass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mentioned one this morning that was it was it was a different type of read. Um, uh, it's called the other half of church, mm-hmm. which is the uh, the the difference between right brain thinkers, right brain thinkers, and left brain thinkers, and what we can learn about the church welcoming people in and discipleship. So that was a fun fun one, just because I don't even think in those terms. Yeah. I don't know if that says about which side of the brain I have. I tend to, I have been in the past. I've seen done these different assessments now. They I tend to be more whole brained, um, and and uh, overall because mm-hmm. I have the ability to to thrive in a in an Excel spreadsheet and to, you know, write a poem or something yeah. like that. So, uh, so that was a that was a fun one. Uh, really enjoyed. Um, Eric Metaxas did this did this uh, this bit, and this was this was I think only audio. I don't know. I didn't get the book for it. I didn't look for it actually. Because I wanted to hear, he had this this group of people in Manhattan, mm-hmm. and um, and he's and he was quoting Socrates, where he said that um, you know the the unexamined life is not worth living, mm-hmm. says Socrates. You know, questionable theology there, but but still, the, it makes a good point of being self reflective, being exa- examining our lives. And he said, so they created this group called Socrates in the City. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and for Socrates in the city, they mm-hmm. bring in these well-known speakers to talk about various matters of, of existence, of life, of faith, any number of things, faith and science, any number of, of topics. And I was, I, I love the format. I love that there was something like that that exists somewhere in in, in the world. That 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 here is a a writer who's a who's a pretty devout Christian who wants the faith to be. So, sort of seen in light of the of the the way people talk about science or the way people talk about arts or different different. So it was really a wonderful uh, it was a wonderful um, uh, read or listen to. And of course we went to Alaska, so I had to I had to do a missionaries book on Alaska, which was um, you, there's no there's no doubt about what the history of uh, of, of Alaska after you get done right. with reading anything by right. missioner. And then uh, the 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 other the other Alaska book we did was the. Um, the uh, 1924, I think it was. Uh, uh, um, oh, what's the not? What's the disease? It wasn't. Um, uh, it was. There was an epidemic in Nome, Alaska, and they had to. They had to get the the the, the serum to them oh, wow. by dogs, oh, and man. it's called the Cruelest Mile. That was a that was a fun read. And of course, I'm currently reading the, 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 the a title called the Cruelest Mile, and you described it. That as was a, a fun, fun read. read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just just. I mean, just the gru- You don't even think about. It. Snow and ice and and being that the, the ways that you can be harmed, mm-hmm. you know, from it's just way beyond frostbite. Yeah, you know, there's just dangers on on frozen ice. There's dangers in these these certain types of uh, of snow patterns. It's just fascinating. Yeah, uh, and then of course I'm reading. Uh, I think your buddy did did this uh, yeah. wrote this book, the Great Dechurching. The Great Dechurching. Yeah, I'm not and done that, with that yet. But uh, that's the one that uh, I you know I read earlier. It came out in August and. Um, yeah, my, one of my friends from seminary uh, um, acquaintances uh, wrote the book, and with along with a, a fr- uh, with a colleague of his, Jim Davis, and it's gotten a lot of traction. It, it's been uh, quoted, and I, I would, you know, if you're in church leadership of any kind, whether you're an, an elder or a pastor or a a just a, a lay leader, I, I think uh, for the common layperson. I would say common. That sounds really derogatory. But for the the average layperson, I don't know that it. There's a lot of statistics in this book. Yeah, so, especially it's a little the, George Barna. Yeah, Barna very much Institute so. Type for of for thing. me, that's like I love hearing that stuff. But then he gets into as you get 
the second half of the book is a lot more about engaging the de-churched, and yeah. the first half is a lot more about well, even profiles that first in the half, even, even that first half, just there's—I I don't know. I felt like I, I felt like when he gave these groups of people who, have, who were in the church but have left the church— um, it gave them certain names based on the categories that they that yeah, they it's found. Like profiles, yeah. Um, I found that I found like unlike other times where I've seen that, it's like I don't know if I really know those people. Yeah. I don't really kind of get that, but I felt like I I know those people. Yeah. I know that kind of person. Yes, I know that kind of person. Yeah. The the evangelicals. Yeah. You know, that that was uh, one group. Uh, yeah. You know, just, I felt like I knew these people, and then he's hinting at I'm not haven't gotten to what you're talking about. Yeah, that, engaging. Like, what do you do with that? And and. And I, I I can already tell that the answer is the same answer that has been true since the church was started. It's a relationship. It is a relationship. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And that, Spoiler alert. Fo- folks, if I, if I could just say anything about church growth, yeah. the, the key, yeah. the single most important key to church growth is somebody being excited about their, yeah. their faith, yeah. somebody be about excited about their faith community, and somebody ex- being excited enough to talk to other people about it and invite them. Really, really true. Really true. And 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 I think the the... What makes this a, an important book is that it is its relationships really at the core of everything, but it's it's how you engage those relationships, I think, um, and different. And also the thing I liked when you marry it with statistics is you know you can like you said you can kind of look at and, and not that we want to profile people whatever but you you can, people kind of are can be categorized you know you can't there they are in some realms of categories and yeah. one of the things i appreciated about especially the first half of the book is they talked about the the preponderance of culture, cultural christians who have left the church you know they, these are people that you know even in the book they do they have a saving faith in jesus christ Th- that's a question mark um and some in my generation and this would include one of the authors, or both of the authors are in my generation. We kind of came into the faith and into or into the ministry vocation by saying, "Well, we don't want cultural Christians. We want sold out followers of Jesus yeah. Christ, and only sold out followers of Jesus Christ." And they're like, "Well, you know what? You never know when a cultural Christian is going to become that." Yeah. And you also don't know how a cultural – I mean, it's the wheat and the tares, it's the sheep and the goats. You don't know what God is going to do through the cultural Christian to create uh, opportunities for sold-out, fired-up followers of Jesus Christ. So the church doesn't – should not just write off cultural Christians and say, well, they're not really believers anyway, so we don't want them, uh, which I have been guilty of maybe not saying that but thinking it sure i mean that's that's human nature because it's it is a lot more interesting to gather a group of people who are sold out yeah. in the faith and just think about mission and worship and yeah. studying the scriptures and all that so yeah. yeah but you know there's always been a even was it the first corinthians 14 passage uh, talks about how you, you want the intelligible words spoken in, in worship because you want to you want to see that have that as a benefit of those who are not believers absolutely. coming into the church absolutely so there's an assumption that, that, that it's good to have the non-believers in church. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's your your book recommendation, and then uh, some other you know some pleasure readings: the storied life of AJ Vickery, um, the, the the Covenant of Water was one that was recommended by uh, by a, ch- a church member. Actually, it's one of those kin followed multiple generations come and go. You follow them through, but it was it all set in India, mm-hmm. in South, South India, where the the Christian community in South India fascinating because it you know, set it back a hundred years or so, and I just just I love immersing myself into another culture that I'm not familiar with, and the Indian culture would certainly be, be one. Um, and then there was another book uh, that was uh, interesting, too. It was, um, again, another generation. It was the Hedy, Hedy Lamarr, and, uh, a former actress in America. It turns out she has 
She was like a spy for Germany during World War II. Oh, that's II. right. You told me about that. And this one. is the yeah. only, the only, uh, uh, the the other woman in the room, or I think is the only woman in the room, is the title of that book. And that those are some just some 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 of the highlights. I again, there there were more, but there yeah. that, that's some of the highlights. But yeah. that's that's my my year. I'm also I'm also reading um, a book about baseball by Doris Kearns. Um, what was her last name? Um, she did the. Hang on, I'm going to look this up real quick. Anyway, so it's, uh, it's interesting that she's doing a book on baseball. Go, Goodwin. And she did, because she did Team of Rivals with uh, Lincoln. That was also oh, another good one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Te- great historical book on, on Lincoln. So she's that's, doing a thing that's on the baseball book, now. That's the book upon which the movie that Steven Spielberg did on Lincoln, uh, the Team of Rivals, that when he yes. he actually really, the movie Lincoln, it, it's it's really more of a a a... It's not a biopic about Lincoln. It's a snapshot of this one portion of Lincoln's life trying to, you know, get the— Hold the union together by yeah. putting together this disparate yeah. team of people who are actually his competitors. Yeah, through the—some through, through, in his own party, uh, through the, the emancipation of slavery mm-hmm. and, and all that, too. So, anyway, yeah. All right, that's, that's uh, enough, of, enough of books. That's on a lot to, of books. On to so, music. So music, I, yeah, I'm the resident music uh, geek. I listen to uh, a lot of music. I actually, you know, music's always been a big part of my life, pop music especially, but also classical music. And and uh, ever since I was a kid, um, you know, there's always music in my my house, and I listen to a lot of music on drives. It's I listen to music when I run. I listen, we talked about this before, when I pre, when I write my sermons, I listen to, to music and, and different music for different types of sermons. Um, lots of music. I thought this was a good year for pop music. I, I'll, I'm going to talk about popular music for a little bit, um, not specifically Christian music. Uh, I know some people are shocked. Pastor listens to something other than worship music. Yes, I, I do. Well, one I do. artist in particular was, 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 caught me off guard when you first said it. So Yeah, so I, so I listened to... Uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I went through my my list of things that I I listened to, and some things I listened to once, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not listening to that again. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. That was the one. <laughs> um, she did not come out with any new. Well, I mean, she did release several of her what they call Taylor's versions. Uh, 1989, I think, came re, was re released this That's year, right. um, which I you know I can recommend. But but uh, her latest record was last year, Midnight's, and that was so that doesn't actually count for this year. So, um, I, and I and I will say we did not see the movie yet uh, that, that that she released of her concert. My my wife and uh, daughter did go, were able to go to the Eras tour, which is was a, a coup coup. But um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of uh, music from artists that are that I like quite a bit. Um, uh, y Oak and Sugaros and people that most most of you probably never heard of. I've um, never heard of those. Foo Fighters had a new record Knew this them. year. Ar- Arlo Parks had a new record this year. All great stuff. Sufjan Stevens had a couple of records. One that was more of a classically driven, and then one more acoustic, which is probably going to be a lot of. If you heard of Sufjan Stevens, Sufjan Stevens, you talk about my doctorate. Actually, wrote. They got you, they I get wrote, you through. I, no, I wrote a doctoral paper on Sufjan Stevens. No. Actually, um, and uh, and uh, he 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 did a fantastic record called Javelin um, later in the year. Uh, really personal record, but. Couple of the ones that I went back to over and over and over again. Um, the National 
which is a alternative band. The guy has a very the the, the lead singer um, whose name is escaping me right now. They actually put out two records this year, and uh, the first two pages of Frankenstein was by far in a way I thought the better of the two records. Uh, but there was a companion to that that came That's out the later. Name of the album. Is the name the f- of the album is the first two pages of Frankenstein. Yeah, is, it, uh, is that a reference to the to the Shelley book? Yes, is that, it is. Okay. It's a reference to the Shelley book. Uh, so it was really that I, I probably listened to that. That rec, that album, I don't know, five times I, of of all of five or six times, like straight through, of all the bands that I'm going to mention, these are all bands that I actually I don't own the vinyl of any of these records, but I've been looking for them. But I do own quite a bit of vinyl from That's the right. the I, I'm a big vinyl guy, so I like I like I like the art, I like the the visual of it. It's uh, very tactile to have vinyl. Very tactile. It, I, yeah, I love to I love to get up and flip it. And and I I'm I'm a playlist person, but I usually put whole albums in playlists. So uh, I listen to whole albums. I don't I do listen to one song at a time, you know, like mixtape style. Uh James Blake, who is a UK electronic R and B artist, he he did a really interesting record that probably most people will hate except for me, uh called Playing Robots Into Heaven. Uh, and I, the reason I like these is it, it gives, for me, it gives me a window into what people, how people process life. And most of these albums have very cosmic, very eternal qualities to them. And, and I'm always interested in, in hearing the echoes of the divine, uh, void in, many of these people's lives. Mm. Uh, Sufjan Stevens is an avowed Christian, but I don't know that most people would consider him orthodox in any stretch of the, imagination. Are the, are the, is the musical style itself um, more ethereal because of the, those those sort of broad-reaching topics? Some of it is. Some of it is. Like, like, uh, like James Blake is more of an electronic artist, and he does have some more what you consider electronic-type things, but there's some ethereal qualities into it. Each one of his albums is, is very different. Some is more uh, accessible. Some is far less accessible. The National... Is your is alternative? Actually, it has been described as sad dad rock, um, which which <laughs> what a title which plays. I mean, that like sad if, if you listen dad to rock. if you listen to if you listen to uh, any one of their albums, and and the second album that they released this year was called Laugh Track, which is a companion to first two pages of Frankenstein. You listen to it and you're like, yeah, that that track, sad dad rock, definitely. Um, yeah, Matt Berenger, that's the lead singer and uh, guitar. Artists, uh, uh, the Desner brothers, but the album that I listen to probably more than any other, it, um, and I'm going to give one other recommendation too. Is uh, I, I listen to the band uh, Slow Dive. They had a record called Everything Is Alive. If you don't know who Slow Dive is, they actually formed in like the late '80s. They're part of the shoegaze movement, and then released a record in '97, and didn't release another one for like. 30 years until 2017 and then released another one this year. Uh, surprised me. Good, good, good record. Um, I mean, uh, you know, some of the, some of the, the tight, the tracks, uh, prayer remembered, uh, you know, um, uh, chained to a cloud. I mean, you get these kind of, this is more like kind of, nineties um, rock revisited type thing. Uh, but one of the, one of the most uplifting records is a, a Christian album, uh, a worship album, probably one of the better worship albums I've heard in a while is by Phil Wickham. And uh, he released um, 
he released a record uh, this year um, called I Believe. And that song, I Believe, we actually do mm-hmm. that in in Vine. And it was a I, – I, I remember when I heard it, the whole album, I, I texted Jennifer Voigt, our worship leader, and said, uh, we, we got to do this song because it's, it's, it's the Apostles' Creed to music um, and and really upbeat. And, you know, sometimes we get into those creedal mindsets and we get real um, – we, we get real uh, intellectual, and we don't f- feel the joy of what we believe. And that's what I really love about this album and that song specifically is it taps into the joy of our orthodoxy, which is is does not sound like something that no, makes a lot of sense. that's a good sentence, so. But yeah, I know. Uh, I, I And I wrote that one, so you can put okay, a trademark on right. that one. Exactly I, I don't know. One. I don't know. Maybe somebody. Maybe the it's joy him. of our orthodoxy. Yeah, that, I like it. That song. You get full credit until yeah. I forget who I, who said it. That's so. right. You get, you, you have to, you have to, get, what, what is it? You have to give me credit the first, first time. time. The second time it's, I heard a, I heard another preacher say, and then the third time it's yours. I've always right? said. As yeah. I've always said. Uh, but that one, Phil Wickham's I Believe, that's, I, to me, that's the best worship album of the year um, and Christian album of the year. Uh, I don't know if other people will agree with that, but I, that's, he's in my, he, he's, I, I love everything. Phil Wickham's Christmas music, by the way, is amazing. This is the time to listen. This and his first Noel from several years ago. I still listen to that one over and over and over and over again. Uh, movies. Neither one of us watched a lot of movies this no, year. No, I've just I've just been as you're doing the, doing a quick scroll through some of the movies out of the top 100 movies released in in 2023. I've seen one. Which was that? A million miles away. Okay, now I didn't see that. Which one. was the um, uh, Michael Pena was in it. He was a um, he, he was raised as a migrant farm worker. Oh, and he became yes. and he became an astronaut. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, yes. that was uh, good. Amazon, like it. it's on Amazon Prime. I, yeah. I it's on my list to see that because I I do like Michael Pena quite a bit. And I didn't watch so I didn't watch Barbie. I didn't watch Oppenheimer. I, I saw Barbie. I did not see Oppenheimer. I'm, I this is this is how it goes for me. Um, Movie comes out, unless I'm like dying to see it, I'm gonna wait till it comes out on streaming. I'm not gonna pay. Hey, you're already paying for the streaming. Why yeah, don't you just I'm, get it I'm when it comes just in. gonna yeah. wait. It's like the movie, um, uh, the Scorsese movie. Uh, um, I'm I'm blanking on the name recently. Now. Yeah, ju- I mean, just came out with uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio about the the um, Osage tribe, the the killings of the something Flower of the Killing Moon, Flower yeah. of the Killer Moon. Uh, I'm waiting to see that until it comes yeah. out on Apple TV Plus because uh, I, I have a subscription to that and I'm yeah. not paying for that. Yeah, yeah. The, I saw I think three movies this year um, in the four movies this year, three movies in the theater, um, which is very different because pre pandemic we probably went. Uh, every other Regularly. month, we probably six six movies or seven movies a year. Um, we saw the movie. Um, I did see Barbie. Um, well, it, I thought I thought I remember you preached about it. I so did talk about it. it. I did, I, but we wait. We didn't see it in theaters. I, I did not see it in theaters. Uh, okay, you saw uh, it, uh, yeah. Julian Haney did. Uh, it was good. I, I understand why people why it became a cultural thing. Um, I get that. Um, it was definitely not. Um, I was not in the target audience for that movie, right? Um, and I don't, I don't <laughs> you think you kind of know, right? But but it, you know the way I, I do. I, I well, here's what I appreciate about that movie. I appreciate the message overall. I do get that. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I'm not gonna whatever. Um, it, it, I, I appreciate movies that are self deprecating and make fun of themselves. That I love. I love it when a movie recognizes some of the ridiculous aspects of the movie 
and they call it out in the movie. Yeah. Like that, that I yeah. love that. I love that. Uh, that to me is like, you're going to win me over if you make fun of yourself yeah. in this movie. So I, I that I, I will say, I appreciate that. That's a that. very Mel Brooks type of thing to do to kind of Ver- break that, break that fourth dimension oh. of staring at the audience. So and- just for example, you know, this one thing. So Helen Mirren is the narrator and there's, and Margot Robbie plays, uh, Barbie. And, and there's one part where Margot Robbie is on, has, has this diatribe or has this little monologue and part of the monologue is, you know, there's some days I wake up and I just feel so incredibly ugly and they stop and, and Helen Mirren breaks in uh, to the filmmakers. Margot Robbie is probably not the person you want to cast if this is the point you're trying to that's make. In the movie? It's in the movie. <laughs> and I, I, that's what I was like. Okay, I'm, I, I'm, bought, I'm bought in. So okay. I, I, I do love that. That's I love good. That. Uh, we also saw uh, – I saw uh, A Man Called Otto, um, oh, Tom, yeah. Tom Hanks movie. That I was, have to revise that. I saw that on, on an airplane, which, yeah. which, I, which, which is a remake yes. of A Man Called Uva oh, by yeah, Frederick sorry. Bachman. Right. And we read that book probably – Two or three years ago, and la- laughed out loud in the book. Oh, that's uh, reading. So it's it's it is it is every bit as I mean he and Tom Hanks Tom did Hanks a great job. He's a great curmudgeonly character oh. who is transformed. And can I tell you that? So uh, Julie and her mom saw it in the theater. It came out January, so it still still makes twenty twenty three. And she came home and she was just like, "So we got to see this movie. Got to see this movie." Um, I'm like, "That's great. I'm not going to the theater to see it." So we waited. And we 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 saw it. Her, um, we got it on on digital, whatever, and we saw it. And it uh, here's what I will say. Um, and I don't know. Do you do this when you're watching movies, listening to music, uh, reading works of fiction, secular works of fiction? Do you immediately start thinking about the ministry implications? Yes, I, I always do that. Yes, it's always yeah. That it, it, yeah. usually in the the short version of it is that'll preach. Yes, it, it, either that or I start like the music I listen to. It, I'm always listening to themes that that I'm like, oh, well, this is this is in the zeitgeist. This spiritual desire is in the zeitgeist around us and so this is the angle that I will enter into. I'm not I'm not I, I rarely quote music in in my sermons, but they in a lot of it informs that movies do that too. When I was watching a man called Otto, I was like, man, we know a lot of people. You and I minister to a lot of people that could very much be this guy. Because mm-hmm. we are in we we are in a congregation that's fifty percent over sixty five and we know a lot of people who could be in that. And for that reason, and, and the relationship he has with his neighbor and how that neighbor pushes through that, yeah, yeah. I thought, man, yeah. that's coming up in a sermon at some point. There's I don't relationships know. again. Yeah, there, that, there, There's that word again. And pushing through the boundary of I mean, relationship. Multi-generational relationships in that case. And... And, and 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 relationships from two people on very in very different sides of I mean just it, cultural differences cultural differences political differences yeah all uh, sorts yeah. of stuff and I that movie to me was probably the most impactful from a ministry standpoint because mm. it reminded me of what we do and what we're trying to get other people to be involved with I mean we just had a, a little meeting with the visitation team just before this and and breaking through sometimes you go into those hospital rooms and those people don't want to. They, they, they're, they're, you know, they're in vulnerable situations, and yeah. and you can, you might get an icy exterior, and and what, what are we called to do? So I love that. Um, the other movie that I really enjoyed, saw it twice in theaters, actually, just because I have a thirteen-year-old son too, is we saw. Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is an animated movie, uh, not a Disney movie, but a Sony picture movie. And actually the first, uh, first of these Spider-Man movies, it follows not Peter Parker, well – it's complicated. So it's a multiverse movie, so you have to – but the main protagonist is Miles Morales, that Spider-Man. It's a different Spider-Man. Um, 
those movies are really good to me. And it dives into a lot of what the next generation, so like my kids, how they are. It's interesting to see how this movie um, visualizes and tells a story on multi-planes where you and I are really very linear thinkers, this, then this, then this, then Mm -hmm. this. Generations behind us are much more multi level, yeah. and this is probably why there's such a high rate of, of of anxiety and depression because the generations behind you, us you wall that off. Yeah, when the generations behind us are 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 dealing at a at a le- they're processing information at a, at a different frame rate than you and I are. It's like you know, it's like when you when you watch a movie that's a hundred and 20 frames, you know, has 120 frame and you can just see the difference and or 60 frame rate. Um, we're still processing at 24 frames per second because that's how we were raised. You know, yeah. we were raised this, then this, then this. And uh, this movie visualizes that really well and shows how confusing it is and how what our kids are dealing with. So that that was mm. and and that's a cartoon, guys. It's a cartoon. I No, I, but all, all of this points to the, the you know it, the the arts themselves have the ability to help us make sense of our of our world, of our life, of our existence, of our future, of yeah, our destiny. Absolutely. All the, they they have the ability to, to do that. And I wouldn't be surprised. And I was just as you were, as we're talking about I was trying to go through the book we talked about, the music we talked about and the, and even the videos we talked about say is there a th- a, a theme woven yeah. through all that? And and if there is, it would have to be something that is very self-reflective about existence. Yeah. Um, not that the, the each of the individual titles was doing that, but you you end up being reflective about exist- existence as you go through these Absolutely. arts, and 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 being together. Yeah. There, there's something about being in community that yeah. is woven through all these as well. That 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 the answer to. You know, uh, to so many of the difficulties is really to 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 value and to enter and to be in true community with yeah. others. And what a great segue into this past week's messages because you you started off your message the second week in our Advent series called Glory. You talked about the arts. I mean, you really dug into the background of Handel's Messiah. Messiah. Yeah, and and I. I, I, you know, and you you jumped off of funny. We both mentioned we both mentioned Messiah in our that's right in our and you had the Hallelujah chorus in there. Yeah, and you you tied it into a community experience of that with our Glory Christmas concert, which we talked yeah. about last week on the podcast. But I wonder, as you were kind of thinking through the entry point to this week's message, which was which was really talking about the 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 longed for nature of the glory of Christ, how people yeah. really. They want that. There's a hunger yeah. for it. Um, what was it about the, the story of the Messiah that that really created that entry point? Well, I for think you? we had we, both of us had you know unlike other times of year we have we had the the the, uh, the, the possibilities of how to get into a message that that would allow you to kind of bring a person in from where they they were coming outside to coming inside. There's a lot more out there for yeah. us. Like you you chose one of them that was, that was very prevalent as well, which is all the things that we are doing right now the preparation this side, time yeah. of year yeah. to prepare for uh, Christmas. So that is a sweet tie-in. And we and my, I chose one that was just, we have just had an experience together. Yeah. And and look, many of those people, we had a lot, we had a lot of folks from, from the Vine side of the house there. But Absolutely. I'd say the majority of the folks that were there were from the 
classic side of the house, or they're certainly classic loving folks there. Yeah. So that was really, uh, and, and the chatter from the week afterward, the week afterwards, as we talked about last week on this podcast, uh, has just been almost nonstop about how how uh, good it was. Yeah. You know, Jennifer and Sam being there together, singing that, that piece together, fantastic. So it was just really an easy choice. Just let's, let's just bring that in. And I knew that Isaiah 40 was my was the, was in view. So I so said, let's just see if I can find a path from that to that. And it was it was the right the backstory on on Handel's uh, uh, Messiah. Yeah, and I don't know that I I don't know that I ever heard the story about you know that you know Handel writes the piece in three weeks and 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 his 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 kind of grand um, almost grand sort of epiphany epiphany that he felt as though he had had seen the face of God seen the face of God which is which is really profound and and what a what a great kind of you know thought process when you look about that and you talk talk about someone like the prophet Isaiah who has as close as a person could come seen the face of God you get yeah. the Isaiah 6 passage or whatever um but then but then really m- moving through 30 plus chapters of finger wagging basically yes right? <laughs> yeah good it's way like, of saying it it's yeah, like lots of watch out folks. yeah you guys are in trouble and then to turn the, the corner into isaiah 40 which is yeah. i mean the opening words are comfort comfort yeah. my people you know um you know as you were digging you were looking through that isaiah 40 um passage and thinking through the turn that it would take from uh, the, the, the finger wagging, the sin of the people to the restoration of the people. Mm. You know, paint the picture for for folks. Uh, you know, your thought process in in how you get from there to there, and then uh, tie it into yeah. people's everyday everyday lives. There. Well, I I uh, I love that um, that there is a that there is a tenderness in God yeah. that comes out in that passage, and yeah. so for all the finger wagging that the God speaking through the prophet uh, says to the people, and for all the judgment that was heaped up, heaped upon the people, yeah, and you both 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 of us were very clear that this you know the discipline that they were experiencing was of their own making. Yes, well, I mean, both of us made National that point. National sin. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they got what they were told would come to them. Yeah, and God had given them plenty of warning, yeah. which is something we both tried to emphasize because I think sometimes, I think you and I are both very careful when we talk about the discipline of God to remind people. Not only is God disciplining them, but God has warned them that He's going to discipline them over and over And then to do what again. we both did, which is which is so sort of clear in this passage. We both we both immediately took it to every parent understands this. Yeah, absolutely, because yeah. every parent's done what you just described. Yeah, every parent is warned and warned and warned and warned and warned, and then the thing happens. So you you yank the chain and you and you discipline discipline your child, and so. Um, so so every and everybody parent then finds themselves in I love how you described it yeah you're trying to speak tenderly to your children and hug it out you yeah. know and 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 they might not be in the mood to hug it, hug it out at that yeah, point cuz you're straight arm like, I'm upset yeah, because yeah. you did this thing to me I don't want to hug you right yeah. now but then they realize that no that's exactly what they that's exactly what they need yeah that's why you know later on most of the time in chapter 40 for me I suspect for for you as well so this, this is one we this is chapter 40 is where we go to for many funerals we do because at the end of chapter 40 yeah. is, have you not heard? Have you not known? The Lord is the everlasting God. And those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. Yeah. They will run and not walk. That's really a source. That's a, again, comfort. So we we use these words as comfort in times of personal loss. Yeah. This is national calamity. Yeah. 
in Isaiah, and in, in the case of a funeral, it's personal loss. They still they still bear the same bear the same message, which is God is a God who cares about His people. He doesn't just do this, you know, coldly. And once that his people would be would feel that comfort, but uh, now what I love about it, we both did that, and I just want to hear hear because we, we both made the move that was so plain from the text, which yeah. is that there's there's a voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare. Yeah, who yeah. was it? You know? Yeah, and it goes immediately to John because you know, and and all the gospels we both mentioned this, but all the gospels really start with John on some level. I mean, yeah, I like how you said that. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I think it's helpful to hear I wanted, that. And I wanted to let people know that because you, you and I get this. Well, why aren't we talking about Jesus in the manger for four Sundays? I mean, why aren't, right. why, why aren't we talking about you know the, the shepherds and the angels for four Sundays? Why, why aren't we talking about Mary and Joseph for four Sundays or three Sundays? Yeah, John right. the Baptist. But it's like, because the, that's not what the Bible does. I mean, the Bible doesn't. The, the Gospels don't start with yeah. Jesus. I mean, e- even in Luke's Gospel or, or Luke's Gospel, which has the the greatest, uh, the only full blown nativity story. I mean, it's the only one. Matthew has a little bit, but uh, it's a lot of genealogy. It's a lot of genealogy. Uh, Luke's genealogy is later on. Matthew starts with the genealogy, and but then it goes, and then it goes right to to. Um, he goes right to uh, to the to the annunciation to to Joseph first, and then then on. But uh, all the gospels, from a ministry standpoint, start with with John the Baptist, and in Luke's gospel too. The Luke's gospel, when he even talks about the birth narrative, he starts with first the the announcement to uh, Zachariah, Zachariah and Elizabeth before. If you look yeah. at it in Luke chapter one, before the announcement to Mary, and there's no announcement to Joseph in Luke's gospel, and then it talks about the interaction uh, with. And with 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 Elizabeth and Mary and and in utero, John the Baptist yeah, and and, great and Mary. Well, yeah. What and, and and that's one of those things. You and know, Mary's you, response to that, you know, her, her just being, she was blown away to the yeah. point of singing a, you know, the whole you know song. About and it. it's the interaction, which I didn't get into. I think we might get into it um, later on. But it, it's 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 the 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 kickoff for her. Again, artistic expression of praise, which has national, you know, coloring to it. It's not a personal magnificat. It's a magnificat for the entire nation of Israel. What kicks that off is the blessing that Elizabeth pronounces on her because of what John the Baptist does. Because even before he's born, he's recognizing who Jesus yeah, is. Yeah. And and to me, I think John the Baptist gets kind of painted as just this weird. Dude, yeah. who's who's yeah. important insofar as he points to Jesus, and that that's it. But even even Jesus spends a great deal of time talking about the importance of John the Baptist. Yeah. I mean, even in, in if you look at Matthew's gospel, how much time he spends talking about the validity of Jesus uh, and or John ma- the Baptist, and message. it would make sense, especially given the passage out of, out of Isaiah, absolutely that, that this that he is he himself is a, is a fulfillment yeah. of what Isaiah was saying. Yeah. And and um, in some ways, you could maybe look at the uh, the, the the calls that for that that um, oh um, Malachi had that, that Elijah was going to come back. Yeah. Is, is he the new Elijah? Is he the Elijah the return of Elijah? There's that whole conversation yeah. as well. But both of those point to that. There's going to be somebody who before you get to the to the to the entree, there's going to be the appetizer. That's right. And and there's going to be the the the, the one who's going to the warm up band here. Yeah. He's going to be he's going to be the one who points the way, prepares the way for the for the real thing. And then I you know I I think you're right. I think it's a it's a it's a healthy thing that we bring that we don't just just do four weeks of baby Jesus in a manger. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. We need we need the gospel. We need we need the uh, we need the John out of the gospels. Well, and and I the thing about the Isaiah forty passage, and you you leaned into this aspect of it, which I I did not. Uh, I think it will come up this week a little bit more for me. But I loved how you went to it because. You know, Isaiah 40 really talks about the herald of good news, which I did a great deal about talking about the herald of good news. And then uh, mm-hmm. so in, in, in the effort to emphasize the importance of John the Baptist, what you did was then, which I loved, and it was, in, it was cutting room floor because I, I had a lot going on in the rest of the service, was to say, because people are longing for this glory, we get to step into that role as well. At least what I what I felt like the connection point was is we get the opportunity to be John the Baptist here. To, yeah. to point to Jesus. Yeah. We're pointing back. John was pointing forward. But but the 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 fact of the matter is that John was a weird dude way out in the middle of the desert, twenty miles away from any civilization, and yet people came out in in mass to see him because they longed for this. Yeah. And so your points were People long for that today. We are the heart, we are the bearers of that good yeah. news today. That that's that it was a very evangelistic kind of thrust there. Yeah, I had somebody tell me afterwards they expected an altar call after a message like that, or certainly a chart a, a, a challenge to go out and and find individuals. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was very very much so. Did you leave? Did you think it was weird, um, or have you have you have you talked about this in the past that? John is the cousin of Jesus. I, you know, I, I, I have, to, I, I said it was a relative, right? I didn't, uh, I, I didn't really get into it. I think it is weird. Um, I, but I, at the same time, I love the earthiness of that. You know, the, the interconnection. Um, there, there's, there are other possible connections that with the disciples and Jesus from a relational standpoint that we don't, that aren't really mentioned a whole lot. I think there's a, there's a prevailing, um, you know, prevailing uh, scholarship that Mary Clopas, uh, the one mm-hmm. Cleopas is, is the, is the, um, is also a relative of Mary um, and, uh, and the the mother of James and John. So she's you know, like, there's oh, uh, that's yeah. see that's the, I I looked at that and I get, oh that would be so fun. There's so many different just go connections. Like, just to say not only what are what are those connections, which is what you're describing, but what do we think of the fact that this massive story came out of a family system? Yeah, and I, I love and, that. And does that does that cast doubt? Because in in a skeptical world, that would cast doubt. That just seems like something they got together for Thanksgiving dinner and said, "Let's go, let's whip this up here." Let's whip this up, yeah. Or, or does that does that make it much more uh, much more revealing about God, who is the God of particular, who particularizes messages, so yeah. that and this is a very Jesus thing to do. How do I change the world? Yeah, through a family. Through a family. Yeah, through, is, through a very small community, I change the world through them. Yeah, which is exactly the pattern of the Old Testament, right? So he picks a he. What does God do? God chooses a family. He yeah. chooses. He he chooses Abram, who has no family. I mean, so he, him, and Sarah, and then creates this family that's going to become a nation, that's going to become a kingdom, that's going to to impact the whole world. But then the reigniting of that is through this portion of that kingdom uh, as a family, right? I mean, and I, I, so when I was teaching in Matthew several weeks ago, and I talked about it, we were. We were teaching on. I was teaching on the request of the mothers of James and John, and went through some of those. You know, this this mother is 
more than likely one of the women mentioned at the cross because she's so she's close enough to the to the to the group that she can be with Jesus, you know, and, and mm-hmm. approach him in this way. And, and more than likely she's another relative, um, of, of Mary, which means she is related to Jesus. You know, she'd be, um, but that, that, and that, that just blew people's minds. Like, wait, and like, <laughs> yeah. do you understand? We're not talking about towns that have hundreds of thousands no, of people. No, just thinking I've it. lived in some small towns yeah. before. So and it, everybody's it, it, like third cousins with everybody else. I, I am Fort, that. In, in, in Palatka, yeah. Florida, I mean, I, my mom's family of 10, my dad's family of four, Excellent. my wife's a family of, 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 of five, six, six. And, and that's know. a small family. <laughs> and, and that's all, those are all my relatives. And, okay. so, and they all they all got married. And yeah. so now pretty soon, and then my buddies are there. And, you yeah. know, we know each other yeah. in that town. If I don't know you in, in Palatka, I'm one phone call away from knowing you that's right yeah it's like it's like the uh, kevin bacon game you know yeah, yeah. Where everybody everybody the, the six degrees that no actor in hollywood is more than six <laughs> six 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 spots removed from kevin bacon but that's true in this in this in this village life and in, in um in in palestine I mean, yeah. it's, it's just this small you know much more well known and certainly if not known than reputation is known uh so it's much more provincial than we than we because we we especially we're in a we're in one hundred and twenty five thousand people in our town right now. You yeah, know, it's a it's a big town, and uh, the big lar- city, the largest geographic county in the state. Um, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people in this in this county, um, and then millions upon. I mean, this what's it? The fourth largest state in the country with with you know you know I don't know how many yeah. millions of people it is now, but I mean it's fastest growing county in Polk, Polk County, fourth yeah. growing fourth fastest growing city in the United States. Yeah. Um, we're we're you know, th- we're we're not we're not. I mean, we're not Nazareth. Yeah, you know, which was tiny by comparison, and yeah. Galilee itself as a region. Even today, I mean, you you've more recently been there. It's there's a lot of you know space. You can still, see how it'd still. be how it'd be easy to know Every, someone in a village yeah. that is even even between somewhere like Capernaum and and Corzim. You yeah. know, th- those are only a few miles apart. Yeah, and it's interesting to me when you think about John the Baptist in that context too. You know, we we know that Jesus' relatives, his own brothers um, and sisters, have a difficult time with his ministry, especially when he's alive. And in post resurrection, it, it all changes to the point that that. Uh, they become leaders in the church and and writers of some of the the New Testament. But you think about John um, and just his his arrival on the scene in Luke chapter one through the the the, the angelic um, revelation to Zechariah and Zechariah is a priest and uh, and and serves in in that. And there there was obviously talk about who John the Baptist would be. But then the reality is John the Baptist goes out into the Judean wilderness and puts on camel hair and and <laughs> eats locusts. Steps into and, the role of a, of a steps of a into prophet. the role of a prophet. And you know what that might have, what that must have been like for those those people who knew him reputationally, and how that that would have been played out. To say, you know, yeah, because clearly he had he he he, he was uh, if you would measure it, call it a successful ministry. Uh, but by based on the crowds, yeah, he had a successful ministry. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and 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 not not from warm fuzzy prosperity gospel type preaching. No, 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 it was like 
this is not good news for you folks. You need to get your life right. And, yeah. and they said, yeah, we're ready for that. And you, you, we talked about this a little bit. You know, the, I, my, my big points were really about the repentance and baptism yeah. piece of as And both, that was, you were leaning right into a baptism, which I thought was wonderful. And then the baptismal renewal yeah, and that, that was followed. Part, yeah, and that was part of the reason that I didn't lean into the evangelistic side of it in terms of now you go and do likewise as John the Baptist. John the Baptist is going to come up again this Sunday, just FYI for everybody else listening. That will probably be a big part of what I do this week is the evangelistic piece. But but uh, for this week, it was really the repentance and the baptism piece as a preparation for the coming of, of Jesus Christ. Uh, as you're, And you talked about the baptism piece. It, was there more to it that you would have said uh, talking about the connection point? Because I found it challenging to to try to tie in the baptism of John the Baptist, the baptism of Jesus, the connection points to some of the ceremonial cleansings of the Jewish people, and then, oh, yeah, and then the baptisms yeah. that that we experience today, and how yeah, all those things. We inter- both did that, didn't we? Both we both uh, sort of we acknowledged it, but we didn't spend time yeah. time on it. So yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more that that's another one of those areas where like, yeah, I'd really like to unpack the mikvahs where you go into the water yeah. and the ceremony the ceremonial ritual and what an average Jewish person thought was happening when they went and, and what the teaching was that was happening in those moments. As they're getting ready and, to sacrifice and worship, right? And then yeah. and then what they're going what happens in, in worship and then what, what they would have been thinking based on what they were hearing John say when they were dipped into the Jordan River. Which is more of an initiation baptism, which is reserved for, as you mentioned, and I mentioned it just like in half a sentence, that was reserved for uh, Gentiles who were trying to convert. Yeah. And that that would have been like, wait, I'm not a Gentile. Yeah, and the Jews would have been offended by that, but there they were in, yeah. in, in abundance. So, and then, and then what Jesus... And the followers of Jesus, how they understood what baptism was all about—that that alone is that's a sermon in and of itself. That's yeah. a, that's, a, that's a course in and of itself. Yeah. But it would have been worth pursuing. But yeah, yeah. For me, I needed to do a little bit of work because we were doing uh, we were doing two baptisms right after, and then I was going to tie it into a bapto- baptismal remembrance um, uh, moment uh, mm-hmm. in, in the service, which we don't do a whole lot here, but it's, it, I mean, we always call people to remember their baptism whenever we're performing uh, the sacrament of baptism, but we don't really offer, uh, typically offer a physical representation of that. Uh, so there, I don't know. I, I, I knew also too, because I had those two elements that I was very constricted time-wise, but I'm like, man, I really need... Because I, I could just hear the internal questions of people like, well, what is that really about here, you know? Yeah, but I I mean, I, I guess, yes. I mean, I that, that, I feel that way every time I leave something on the editing room floor. It's yeah. like, that really needs to pack, be built out there. But I, I think that's the... To something you've said repeatedly on this podcast is that that's the beauty of being in a church yeah. and having longevity in the church because I didn't cover it this time. When I circle back to it, around to it again next time, maybe I will, you know, I'll yeah. cover it next time. So, yeah. you know, and if it really is something that is, you raise something that is, is questionable, if we, we may hear from them, they may come to us and we have an opportunity to, to disciple someone one-on-one, or they may go themselves and start, say, start pursuing that in their own study. Yeah. Which is also a good, a good, good thing. Which is, yeah, which is what you hope that because we're in a community that if they have more questions, and this is this does happen, it has happened. I know it's happened to you. It happens to me. People can ask those questions of us. We are not, 
we are not itinerant preachers that come in and then we're gone and you, you don't have our email or our phone numbers or whatever. You, you, people have access to us. I mean, we're their pastors first and foremost. Not their, we're pr- part of our part of our pastoral ministry is preaching, but that's that's not all that we are. Yeah. Right? We're, we're helping, trying to help guide people in those those questions yeah. as well too. So, we're going to continue to talk about John the Baptist this Sunday a bit um, as we get it into our third week in the the, the uh, Advent series called Glory. Uh, Pastor John's going to be in the classic service. I'll be in Vine once again. Uh, the 24th, just for those people that don't know, December 24th is Christmas Eve. Uh, that's, that's Christmas Eve for everybody, December 24th is, but it's on a Sunday this year. So uh, if you are looking for a place to worship on that Sunday, we're going to have Four different opportunities, the 10.30 morning service, one 10.30 morning service in the sanctuary with some elements uh, from Jennifer Voigt, Tyson Voigt, our our modern worship leaders, but also Sam Carlton and Tom Ingui uh, and, uh, and, and other musical elements there. Pastor John's going to be preaching. Going to be a different. So people uh, want them to understand different messages: the morning service versus the evening services, right? Right. Because right. we have f- three evening services. I'm preaching at the five thirty service in Loudon Hall. Then we have an eight and eleven. Uh, we're going to be preaching on the same text, general text. Uh, but you're going to be preaching differently in the morning. Different set, different message. Because we'll still be in the morning. Will still be considered the fourth week of this series. Yeah. Uh, the evening will sort of sort of be the fifth message in the series. Yeah. It will be the four, fifth message in the yeah. series. It'll be the, the and it's obviously the Christ message. It's yeah. the Luke message. Yeah. So if you want to hear the complete series, you need to come to both ten thirty. That's right. And and the evening services. Uh, but uh, but. If you've missed any one of our messages in this series or our previous series, head to fpclakeland.org, check out our worship page in the Sermon Archive tab to watch complete services of both the classic and modern services. And while you're listening to this, why don't you hit subscribe at your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Music, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, so you can be notified when a new episode drops. You don't want to miss that. Also, an opportunity to give us a like, review, share, depending on the platform. It's different each time. Uh, But you can share it. with your friends and get them involved. Share the share the messages. Share the uh, the 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 um, services with folks because, yeah. as you mentioned uh, in your message this past week, people are longing for that glory, whether they express it or not. It's there um, in the quiet moments of their lives. They're they're longing for something bigger, and yeah. we know we know what that message is. And it's I think even more so, Christ. end of the year tends to be more self reflective, and then Christmas yeah. tends to be tends to be more self reflective. I think both of those are combining to touch something that we get to open up at the end of the year. So invite them, and they'll get to experience something pretty amazing. Absolutely. John, thank you once again for hanging out. Thank you. we uh, will see everybody next time.